Welcome back to another episode of the Cameras and Coffee podcast. Today, I'm sitting here with Kendra Swalls from Girl Means Business, and she does business marketing for photographers. And so we're going to talk about how just posting pretty pictures is not enough on your social media platform. So welcome, Kendra. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. Yeah, I got to listen to some of your podcast and I was using some of those tools myself. So I'm excited to dive in um, and kind of cross, cross audience uh, audiences today um, and kind of go from there. So before we get started, let me ask you, are you a coffee drinker? And if so, what is your drink of choice? <laughs> So I'm actually not a big coffee drinker. Okay. Um, if I, when I do, I'm a weird, like I don't like hot drinks very much. So oh. if I do drink hot drinks, it has to be really cold outside, which I live in Texas. So that's rare. <laughs> <laughs> and my go-to is if I'm at like a Starbucks is like a, like a mocha kind of drink, okay. like more of a chocolatey sweet. I like the sweet coffees. Okay. Yeah. Being here in Michigan, that's like the thing that I drink all your, well, at least <laughs> six months out of the year. I'm like, give me a hot beverage. Cause it's the only thing that'll warm me up in my home. Yeah. Even, even when it's warm in the house, it's like, I feel cold looking outside. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things where I'm like, why do I live in a state where half of the year is winter? I oh. still don't know, but. <laughs> well, I think that because half our year is like a hundred degrees here. So I I'm like, we yeah. just need to meet in the middle somewhere and just like right? have that mild <laughs> mild space. We need that perfect, that perfect temp. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, um, let's get into, um, and I didn't prepare you for this, so feel free okay. to give a cliff notes version, but kind of tell me where you started and where you are today as far as business marketing strategy, all that, all of that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, prior to being a photographer, I was an elementary school teacher and so I started my photography business, um, and I say business like loosely because I don't think I officially was like business set up mm -hmm. until really like late in 2012. But 2011 is when I kind of started the idea of like I think I could do something with this. Like, and I've always loved photography as a kid. Like I was always the kid with like the disposable camera and the Polaroid, and like I was always taking pictures. Um, and so when I started my photography business, I had like no clue what I was doing. I was the type that was like, I'm going to create a Facebook page. And because I created this Facebook page, like everyone's going to come running towards me and they're <laughs> going to want to hire me and it's going to be amazing. And mm -hmm. then I did that and I was like, oh, nothing. Like nobody <laughs> even knows I exist. Yeah. <laughs> so really kind of, I started with the idea of, and marketing wasn't even a word I really was using. It was more mm -hmm. like, I'm just kind of telling people about my business it was very word of mouth. It was like, I'll post sporadically, maybe on my Facebook page. I might post something on my personal page. Um, a lot of it was because I was teaching and I was in a office full of women. I would, you know, share with them. And then if they had kids or families or seniors that were graduating, they would hire me to do their pictures. And then they would tell their friends and kind of stuff. So it was very word of mouth. Once that kind of ran its course and I ran out of like friends to work with, um, that's when I kind of had this turning point in my business with marketing where I said, one, I really want to leave teaching and I want to be able to have my business be sustainable and consistent enough that I'm not like stressing out every month. Am I going to be able to like make the mm. amount I need to make to pay my bills and all those things. Sure. And so I ended up in working with a business coach. It was kind of a, I bought a course. It came with this whole sort of, you know, added on like mentorship thing. 
And she was really the one who kind of got me focusing on like who it is I wanted to be talking to, like who was my content Mm -hmm. for, who was my photography for, and looking at ways to put myself out there in the community and put myself out there on social media and on the internet and blogging, all these different things. And so she really opened my eyes to the power of marketing. Mm -hmm. And then from there, like I just fell in love with it. Like it was this puzzle that I got to kind of solve Mm -hmm. in my business and put all these pieces together and be like, okay, this one didn't fit just right. Let me kind of adjust it and see if I can like try it a different way and do that. And it just became really fun and exciting. And as a creative, I think that I'm, I think the creative part for me comes second to sort of the like more systematic side of my brain. And so while the photography was a fun creative outlet, what I really was drawn to was like having a a plan and a system to try and test and do all these different things. And I realized that a lot of photographers were the opposite. That creative thing took up Mm -hmm. a huge part of their brain and the systems and processes took up the smaller part. And so me coming in and being able to kind of use my elementary teacher background and say, okay, let me break this all down for you in a really simplistic way that hit home for a lot of people. And I was like, oh, I can combine my, my sort of natural talent for teaching with this love I have for marketing and I can help others kind of maybe not necessarily enjoy marketing in their business, but at least understand (laughs) it enough that they can implement things. It's crazy because our stories are very, very similar. I taught preschool for 10 years. Oh Um, Yep. And I, it's crazy because I think I think the teachers of the photography world are thriving because of our organization and the fact that we, I mean, when you're teaching kids, you're doing like multiple things at once and forward thinking like beyond because you have to like, you can't just work on today. You have to think way down the road, like at least a year in advance, a lot of times. And so I think that brings a lot to the table. And so it's kind of crazy um, to think that. And yeah, very similar. It's crazy when I was listening, I was listening to one of your podcast episodes and I was like, oh my gosh, we're like very, very much the same in that. So it's kind (laughs) of crazy. I love that. Yeah. Um, so let's dive into it. Um, and let's kind of dig into like, I know there's a lot when it comes to marketing, let's kind of focus on the social media, like, um, part piece of that. Um, what would you say to someone who is thinking that social media is like super overwhelming? I would say you're not alone. I mean, it's very overwhelming. I mean, even for someone who like, and I won't say I enjoy social media necessarily. (laughs) It's a love hate relationship, but even for someone who kind of understands it and knows how to like I always say, there's kids who like know how to do school. Like they may Mm, not be the mm -hmm. smartest, they may not be the best, but they really know how to come in and kind of work, not work the system, but they know how to handle the system. And so even Mm -hmm. for someone who like knows how to do social media, I still get overwhelmed by it. So my first thing would be, you're not alone. This is not something that like makes you abnormal. I would also say that look at what is it about social media that overwhelms you? And really kind of do a self audit of, is it the fact that I'm trying to do too much? Like I'm putting too much pressure on myself to post every day and do it on all these different platforms and keep up with all the trends. And if so, like, how can we kind of reel that in a little bit and get back to basics of just utilizing social media as a place to build community and to meet people 
and not necessarily to, you know, dance on a reel or <laughs> keep up with like the latest trends. Like those, yes. those things are, can be beneficial if you are, if that fits with your brand and your personality, but it is not like there's no one size fits all when it comes to social media. And so if you're trying to put yourself into this box of what you see everybody else doing and that's overwhelming you, then take yourself out of the box and do something that's more, that fits more with you and people will connect it. There's a, there's a place on social media for everybody and you will find mm-hmm. your people even if, you know, you're in this like really specific niche of people you're trying to find. You'll find mm-hmm. them. You just have to do it your way. For sure. The world is bigger than we think it is. And I think it's funny because when you were talking back about your Facebook page, (laughs) I'm like, I so remember that. Like, everyone knows I'm here, right? Like, everyone sees this. Exactly. They all (laughs) got this huge announcement. (laughs) Yes, I know. And I'm like, probably a very small percentage of people actually saw that, which I just find so funny. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay, so let's talk about like, multiple platforms. So, you know, there's, there's so many out there and half of them, I don't even know what they do, but I know like the prime, like few Facebook, Mm -hmm. Instagram, uh, TikTok. Yeah. Um, threads. Maybe. (laughs) Is this still going to be a thing when this airs? Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) what was that one? that like was all voices a while back that like oh clubhouse yes I was like does that even exist anymore (laughs) Uh, you know I think it does but I don't know that anybody's over there I mean like yeah and and here's the thing is like because there was I was thinking one too that came out recently was um what was it called lemonade did you ever see oh I don't know that one no oh my gosh it was like a cross between Pinterest and Instagram kind Hmm. of I don't know but it was really more for like the 20 something like cutesy travel blogger type people. Okay. But I would get these messages that were like, we're trying to promote Lemonade to larger audiences. We would love for you to come join us and like be an influencer. And I was like, well, I'll check it out. I'm And I'm of the mindset of if something new comes along, I'm willing to check it out. Like I was on Clubhouse for a while. Um, I never really did TikTok so much because I was like, well, I can do that on Instagram with Reels for the most part. Mm-hmm. And I didn't quite... I don't know. I just didn't jump on that one as much. But anytime these new things come up, threads, I will go on. I will check it out. Because part of me is like, if I am telling other people to find your place, like I feel like I need to kind of at least have an idea of what these places look like. Sure. It's kind of like if you're going to be a tour guide for a city, you need to at least understand like the different parts of the city. And you're not going to tell somebody to go somewhere if you've never been there. Right. So I will check them out. But for the most part, like I run everything through everything through this filter of do I enjoy being here? Um, for example, like the lemonade. I didn't enjoy being there because every time I got on there, it was like this super edited, super polished version of like an Instagram Pinterest. I was like, this isn't for me. Like I'm not gonna be the one put like spending hours creating this perfect image. Yeah. For it's not real life. Post. It's not real life. No. And that in yeah. my, my place on the internet is place where people who want to come see real life. Yeah. Um, same thing with like threads. Like I, I'm like, I just don't, I don't know. I don't want to scroll through people's thoughts all day. I want to be able to like go and like consume in other ways. So I will try them out, but I always look at where do I enjoy being spending my time and which one, which platforms are most likely to have my ideal audience. Yeah. And I know that my ideal audience is primarily on Instagram. 
and Facebook, like Facebook groups mm-hmm. specifically. They're not really on TikTok. And if they are, they're just there to consume random content. They're not there to yeah. find a photographer or work with a business coach. Um, so I kind of put everything through that filter. And that also helps with the overwhelm of feeling like you need to be in all these places. And I'm someone yeah. who I get FOMO. I mean, I do. I, when I see people being like, you know, Pinterest is the place to be. I'm like, Ooh, maybe I should try Pinterest. And yeah. then I go and I spend all this time. I'm like, you know, it's not really, I mean, it, I can see the benefit, but it's not something I need to invest all my time and energy into. Mm. Um, so I definitely think that finding kind of your home space when it comes to the platforms is good. Yeah. And once you're really, really comfortable, like I'm really comfortable on Instagram. And so now I feel like it kind of runs on autopilot. And if I want to go test out threads or if I want to go try out YouTube or I want to go try out Pinterest, I know I can do that and it's not going to be too much because I already have my kind of home base sort of running on its own. Okay. So speaking of threads, (laughs) I honestly, I started it just to check it out and now Mm -hmm. I get notifications and I'm like, what's going on? So I opened it up today and I want to read this to you. It is going to throw us through for a loop in this episode, but I feel like we need to hear it. So someone wrote honest here. Do people get paid or monetized in some form of having large number of followers? I see all of these young ladies posting about their follower count. Like it's cash. Am I missing something? 14,000 followers or more and following very few. Maybe I'm missing something, but how does having followers yet not following back support others? <laughs> she said, help an old lady understand. <laughs> and I was like, yes, that's what I feel. Cause I, I yes. feel like sometimes, um, I feel like sometimes the younger crowd, <clears throat> there's so much in this like influencer stage where like everyone's an influencer, you know, yeah. and this is just my personal opinion, but they feel like your follower count matters. And it's like, yeah, if you're not converting those people to clients, <laughs> do they really matter? Like, it's yeah. just like high school again. Like, yeah, popular, you know? Yeah, I don't know. So what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> oh, man, I have so many. Well, first of all, the, it, there's no transparency about our followers. So like, you could and I, I have seen it. And there's actually I cannot remember the name of it. So I apologize for saying this and not having a name to give you. There's a website you can go to where you can like put in someone's Instagram account or YouTube account or whatever. And it will kind of give you a, like a score, like a percentage score of how many of their followers are actual people as Mm. opposed to bots or like if they purchased followers. So it'll show you like kind of a timeline of their, um, their follower account. And you'll, you can see on some of these that are like these influencer ones, like you, that lady was talking about, you'll see like they're kind of like flatline follower count. And then all of a sudden they have this huge spike where it's like mm. they grew by 20,000 followers and then it drops off again. And it's like a little, you know, kind of little blips. And I'm like, Oh, so that's where they bought their 20,000 followers because huh. the chances that they got 20,000 followers in like four days is rare. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying that like that they absolutely did, but it definitely leans towards the fact that, you know, they may have purchased followers. So I kind of take the idea of a follower account with like a grain of salt of like, I don't know what they did to get those followers. I don't know if maybe they had one post that went viral and they got all these followers, but they're like, you know, guys from India, that's not really going to help them. (laughs) So I, you know, I just am always very cautious when I see people going, yeah, but this person has, 
you know, 12,000 followers and I only have 200. I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, but you don't know how they got there, what work went into that or lack of work that went into that. Um, Or if they're getting business with it, you know, like, are they actually having business or is it just making them look like they're in demand, you know? Exactly. Yes. And that's the other thing that gets me is you can have a ton of followers, but if they're not actually your ideal clients, which is a whole Mm -hmm. other rabbit hole, I could go down of like these follow trains that I see photographers doing. It's one Mm -hmm. of my biggest pet peeves is when someone's like, I just saw it posted in a group I was in yesterday. Hey, let's do an end of the year follow train. Let's, let's get people, let's like boost our following for the end of the year. And I'm like, do you really want a hundred follow, you know, a hundred photographers following you that are never going to actually hire you versus a hundred real potential clients following you? Is that like Um, the Instagram pods that used to be a thing where you would like follow each other and like on each other's posts and share and yeah. Yeah. And those don't help you either. I mean, honestly, like there's no shortcut to this. Like, and, Mm -hmm. and I, I agree. Like, I think I would rather have a smaller following Mm -hmm. than that is genuinely my people versus a larger. And then this is a perfect example. So I have my girl means business Instagram account, and Mm -hmm. I've kind of grown that as a general business and marketing, not specific to photography, but like has a photography undertone to it. But there's a lot of people on there that are like other podcast guests that I've had on or podcast hosts. There's a lot of people that are um, in various spaces or like from conferences that I've been at that, you know, were not photography specific. So when I launched my photography membership, I was like, you know, I really want to kind of hone in on just photographers. So I started another Instagram account and I was like, I'm not going to tell anybody that I'm doing this. And I'm solely going to try to grow this organically as just photography related content. Yeah. And I think I launched that in July or August and I'm currently at like almost 500 followers, which again is small compared to like my 4,500 I have on my other account, but it's 500 photographers that want to be there for my photography related content. And I would much rather have that than 4,500 where maybe a handful of them are my actual potential clients. Yeah, no, that's true. And I think there's been like this shift in me too over the years where I I think like if I'm speaking to the masses, like that's not really working. If I'm speaking to that one, like for weddings, if I'm speaking to that one bride Mm -hmm. and and they end up booking with me, then I've done my job. If they're like my one follower, you know? Um, and that's really what it is like, and it's a little different for the podcast. So like when I have like my podcast, um, accounts, those are ones where I'm gearing towards photographers, right? Mm -hmm. Photographers, videographers, those in the wedding industry, those in the photography industry, any, anything of that. So yeah, it's, it's totally one of those things where it's like all those other people, like, yeah, they're there for the show, but are they really, are they really tuned in? So yeah. Exactly. It's kind of like if people, if you had like an audience, you know, you were on stage and you were like, oh, there's a thousand people in the audience, but the reality is only like a hundred of them actually bought a ticket. The rest were let in for free. You Mm -hmm. didn't really make money off those other 900 people. So that's kind of how I look at like follower count is like, yeah, that you can have a super high following. It doesn't mean you're super great at business. Yeah. Yep. That is so true. Yeah. So when I read that this morning, I was like sharing with my other photographer friends. I'm like, this is it right here. Cause yep. some of us, they, they're like, what? There was one I I sent the other day and I was like, 
it says I have 666 people following me right now. <laughs> and I was like, should I be scared? <laughs> I'm like, oh no. And then yeah. like 20 minutes later, it says this person started following you. And I was like, wait a minute, it's still at 666 <laughs> followers. Like what? So I'm like sending it to him. I'm like, see, follower count doesn't matter. Yes, <laughs> so exactly. Funny. Oh, but yeah, it was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, that's when you're um, just like asking anybody, please come follow me to get this number changed. <laughs> yeah, no joke. That's maybe what I should have thrown out there. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about those multiple platforms. So yes. when you have multiple platforms you're on, let's say a, a big one is like Instagram and Facebook. So if you got yeah. a business page or, or something, a lot of times people cross post those, like they're posted the same thing. What do you have to say about that when it comes to to that should they be formatting them separately should they post them like I'm posting to Instagram so I'm just going to also have it auto post to Facebook I mean their own they're the same company so right yeah so what are your thoughts so on that? I okay so I would say going back to the question about like the overwhelm if you are mm-hmm. someone who is like I genuinely just like want to put any like just need to get content out there and that's the best I can do then auto posting to both I say is is fine like it's not going to hurt you. It's not, it may not be ideal, but it's not going to hurt you. Ideally, what I would say doing is yes, they do need to be formatted a little bit differently. A great example is um, if you're sharing something over, and let's say Instagram is your main platform, you're sharing something over on Instagram and you want people to click on a link. You want them to go to your bio and click on a link. Then you are going to have to say, head to the link in my bio and they're going to have to go, Mm -hmm. you know, click that link. But if you auto post that over on in Facebook, mm-hmm. they're really, I mean, they, you could have a link in that, that post. You don't need to send them to your yeah. bio or somewhere else. It's going to be confusing. They're going to be like, well, what do you mean go to your bio link? So yeah. for those purposes, formatting them a little bit differently is really, really helpful because you're going to get more engagement on Facebook if you have that link in your post for people to click on. Sure. Same thing with like hashtags. So I still use hashtags on Instagram just a handful per post. I don't really need hashtags on Facebook. And so I, when I am kind of formatting them, I will take mm-hmm. the hashtags out of the Facebook post. Um, sometimes also like Facebook, people are more likely to read a longer caption. And so let's say on Instagram, I'm posting a carousel with like six different slides. Mm-hmm. I may post just the first slide on Facebook and then write out the rest of it as a caption. So what I do is I use a platform called Metricool which is a publishing or a scheduler platform. And it allows you to, like, if I create a post, it has little tabs at the top of the post. It's like Facebook, Instagram, whatever other platforms you attach to it. And then you just click on each little tab and it, it auto populates whatever was on the original tab. And then you can just go in and modify. So you're not having to recreate the whole thing. You're just kind of going in and saying, instead of like take out link in bio and put the actual link in, And then you can actually have them scheduled at different times. Um, The cool thing, and this is not like me trying to advertise this platform, although if you want to check it out, (laughs) you can. But what I like about it, because I've used several, I've used Later, I've used Loomly, I've used, I think, Hootsuite for a while or whatever that one's called. This one I like. So when I go into my account, it gives me like a week view or a month view. And I think you can only see this part in the week view. So I go to the week view and it color codes my schedule for me. So I can click on Facebook and it will cover fill the calendar with blue shades and Mm. the darker the blue shade, the more likely that my audience is online at that time. 
the hmm. lighter the blue. So like you'll see from like, you know, midnight to 7 a.m. It's like a really pale, almost white. Yeah. And then it gets gradually darker during the day and then it lightens up again at night. And so that I can see, oh, okay, based on my analytics that Metrical has pulled in, I know that like at 3 p.m., 87% of my audience are likely to be online on Facebook. Then I can switch over to Instagram and I can see, okay, well, actually on Instagram at 10 a.m. is when the majority of my audience is likely to be online. So I'm going to post that same post at 10 a.m. on Instagram, but at 3 mm-hmm. p.m. on Facebook. And I just can, you know, click on the, the thing, tell it what time, and it does it for me. So yeah, that's ideal if you have the capacity to do that. Yeah. Well, and I, I've been using Planoly, and it's more mm-hmm. because there's other ones out there, and I'm like, I don't want to pay that much. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm still paying a little for Planoly, but um, yeah, because it has like all of the things mm-hmm. that go across the board, Pinterest, Instagram, whatever. You can add your videos in yeah. there too. Um, and all and of Pinterest is another one that like Pinterest is diff- completely different than Facebook and Instagram. Oh yeah. So you wouldn't necessarily want to just cross promote that. You'd want to like format it into its own thing yep. too. And there's so many platforms that all essentially do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So it's just finding the one that works for you and like I'm a very visual person so like visually this one was laid out a way that I like it um later was kind of the same way I liked how it was laid out too it just um for whatever reason I can't remember why I switched but yeah so just finding the one that works for you is is the best option for sure yeah and and a lot of times finding the one that does it all is a little bit easier than (laughs) using multiple platforms for sure What if you could hire an extra set of hands just to deal with editing your photos? And what if this assistant was thinking and editing exactly like you? With Imagine, this is not a distant dream. Introducing your new personalized AI Lightroom Classic Editing Assistant. It analyzes your unique editing style down to the very last detail and applies that style instantly and uniquely to every new photo from your Adobe Lightroom catalogs. Whether it's color correction, cropping, or straightening, Imagine's AI Assistant knows what needs to be done based on your previous edits. The AI constantly learns your unique point of view and improves. With just a few clicks, Imagine edits your photos in your personal style faster than ever. It takes less than half a second per photo at all volumes. Now you can finally have the time to scale up your business and win back free time. In addition to creating your own personal AI profile, you can also use one of our pre-built talent AI profiles if you are uncertain about your unique style or just want to explore the signatory styles of leading photographers. Your new AI assistant is here to deliver. Achieve amazing results right from the first frame and maintain the highest level of precision in each and every photo. Starting at only a few cents per photo, You get fantastic value for your money and save hours of work. So say goodbye to hours of tedious manual editing and to presets that distort your photos and under-deliver. And say hello to the future. So going back to um, like finding your audience and using a platform with your audience, where would you say like someone starting out maybe Um, And they're trying to figure out like what social media platform I should start with. If they're like, this is overwhelming. I'm just going to start with one and kind of go from there. Where would you say certain types of clients are hanging out at these different platforms? 
Oh boy. This when is it comes like, to photography, I should just yeah, hone it down to that. Yeah. <laughs> so, and this is going to, this is very general. So just keep in mind that like, even within these kind of subcategories, there are like different options, but we'll just say, yeah. for example, um, okay. Like brides. So if you are working with brides who are younger, like twenties, mm-hmm. like, you know, mid to late twenties, they're probably going to be on TikTok and Instagram. Most likely. They're not going to necessarily be on Facebook. That's not mm-hmm. where that age group hangs out. Um, and so, I mean, and honestly, I, and this is just maybe me being biased. I think most people hang out on Instagram. I would say if if I could tell somebody, a photographer, choose one platform, I would say Instagram. It's very photo friendly. It's also where I think a lot of people spend their time. Now, if you're shooting high school seniors and you're trying mm-hmm. to appeal to you know, the 16 to 18 year old, maybe not so much. In, I mean, still Instagram a little bit because you want to reach the moms, but mm-hmm. TikTok and um, I don't even know where else besides TikTok really, but TikTok would be your Snapchat? biggest one probably. Snapchat. I'm like, I don't, oh, I don't even know if I, I don't even want to get into even that navigate one. that. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. Oh, does that make me sound old or what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I don't want to go into the world of Snapchat. That's fine. Um, but then like, if you have, let's say like new moms, so if you're mm-hmm. a maternity and newborn photographer, then Facebook groups might be a good place because new moms mm-hmm. are going to probably gravitate towards Facebook groups where they have a community of other new moms to help them answer questions or give advice or tips on like what products they need. So it's a lot about looking at what phase of life are your is your ideal client in. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when I shot weddings for a window of time, my audience was more older couples. So it was couples who were in their like, 30s to early 40s who were maybe on their second wedding because I did very small intimate weddings. Mm. They were kind of going the more like elopement, non-traditional route. And so they were on Facebook because they were a little bit older. Um, And again, they were kind of in that or even I wouldn't necessarily say LinkedIn. I always forget about LinkedIn. But if you're doing like corporate, I mean, but if you're yeah. doing like corporate work, corporate headshots, LinkedIn's probably a great place for that. Yeah. Um, so it's really looking at like what phase of life they're in, kind mm. of their age range a little bit too, and then um, experimenting. I mean, kind of going and looking and yeah. seeing like, you know, or asking if you've had clients, you know, that just have a conversation and be like, hey, where do you hang out on social media? Like what's, what's your go-to social media platform? Um, and then kind of gathering that intel from your your actual clients and seeing like if they're all saying, you know, TikTok, then you may be like, oh, well, maybe I need to look into TikTok, you know? Yeah. When you, <clears throat> okay, so in your area, so let's say Texas, mm-hmm. do you have yeah. groups on Facebook that are like informed groups? Like it's got like your town name and it's like informed. Do you guys yeah. have stuff like that there? Kind of, yeah. Like we have a lot of the local like, so we have one where I live that's like the name of our town and it's like rants and raves, basically. It's where people okay. go to like talk about things that they either love or were frustrated with. And then we have a ton of yeah. moms groups. So okay. it's like this area moms groups or this area moms groups. And okay. those are the huge ones for like people kind of trying to go in and advertise stuff in there. So it's crazy because it's a little different here in Michigan. So we have okay. like each town has like their own informed group. And yeah, it's there basically where people complain the most. <laughs> Um, and I'm just sitting there with my popcorn, like what's going on today. (laughs) Um, but yeah, that's where I get a lot of my business, honestly, like people posting. And so like what I tell people, and this is crazy because I don't use my Facebook page as much. 
Like I'll post stuff, but people aren't sharing, like sharing my posts as much unless it's like my mom or dad. (laughs) But, (laughs) um, (laughs) but I do like prime my audience. Like, Hey, if you feel the need to share, like feel free to share my website link. Cause I'm always like share my website link. (laughs) Cause I'm like, I'm not heading there. I'm not hanging out in the DMS where people can just like say, how much is your pricing? Like, what is your pricing? Like, that's the common question. I know there's like chat bots out there now and all those things, but that is like the biggest thing where I'm like, just lead people to my website. And I don't know if the algorithms of Facebook are like, no, but it's working for me. (laughs) So that's kind of where for my weddings, for my seniors, it's the parents, it's the mother of the bride. I mean, most of those are boomers now. (laughs) Yeah, um, I know. Yeah, which is the mother why of the bride for those. Yep, yep. When you're attracting those people, that's where you want to go. I know for like family photography, like that's a big place, especially moms groups, like yep. to find those things. But yeah, when I'm looking for seniors, I'm I'm on TikTok, but I'm yeah, <laughs> it's not like the best. Now the podcast is on TikTok it. because finding those snippets of the podcast yeah. like draw people in. Um, but yeah, it's a little bit different here and there, but yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That's kind of like, um, I mean, kind of the, the rants and raves pages are sort of like that, but a lot of them here, and I don't know if this is different in different places, but like a lot of ours don't allow advertising mm-hmm. in the ours groups. Ours do like, too. Or it's okay. like on Monday on, or something yes, like that. On, or on this one particular thread, you yep. can post your stuff. So what I have, what I've told people is like, you don't necessarily want to go in there and say, Hey, I'm running a sale. I'm doing mini sessions yeah. or blah, blah, blah. But you can go in and become like kind of the expert at what you do mm-hmm. by sharing value. So like if you're a family photographer, I told somebody this, one of my clients, coaching clients this the other day, I said, you know, where we live, there's this town near me called, it's Grapevine, Texas. And mm-hmm. it's like the Christmas capital of Texas. I mean, they go all out. It's like extreme and they have cool like drone shows at night and they've got all these fun activities mm. all the time. And I was like, what you need to do, because she focuses on this area too, is like, you need to go into these mom's groups and be like, hey, this is this really cool thing happening this week. Just want everybody to be able to know, um, you know, and maybe share a photo you took of like your kid at that activity or, you know, be like, hey, this is a really cool spot to like take your kids over Christmas break. That's like a fun little free activity. And even though you're not directly advertising what you do, you're kind of subtly like building this reputation as like the person mm-hmm. who knows the area. Um, and you can kind of even put in there like, Hey, I know a lot of y'all are booking family sessions. Of course, this is beyond that, but like in the fall, um, here's just a couple like quick tips. I know as a photographer, like to help you like not stress about your kids during a photo shoot. Cause we all worry that they're going to be like the worst kids in the world. And our photographer is yeah. going to hate us. And so like putting those little, and just even that little phrase of like coming as a photographer, here's like a tip you can dare that yeah. way you're not advertising you're sharing information yeah. to help other people, but then someone's going to go, Oh, she's a photographer. She's sharing valuable information. She's helped me. I've seen her name pop up in this group. I might reach out to her and see if I can't like get more information about her. So it's, it's not just about like popping in and being like, Hey, I'm offering this thing because they'll probably kick you out for that. But um, <laughs> you no, know, just finding subtle ways to kind of build yourself as an authority in those groups can be really helpful. Well, and a lot of times, like I do like education pieces on my blog too. And so like, I'll take a a post from my blog, like, Hey, like this is not advertisement. I just want to share. I mean, it kind of is like, here's something I wrote on this specific topic here. If you want to look at it, I have like a wedding lounge 
And so people are always asking for like, does anybody know like a vendor for a wedding? I'm looking for this wedding vendor. And it's like a thousand, you know, posts on there, but I'll, I'll link on from my website. I have a whole list of like my preferred vendors that I love working with. And I just link that like, here are all great vendors I've worked with as a photographer. Here you go. And it's not photography related. I'm not like, hire me. (laughs) Like, yeah, (laughs) I'm, it's more a serve mentality, like serving the community. And I think that's, that's huge. Now that's a little step above. And if you're doing that a lot, posting your blog posts on there, it's going to be like, okay, settle down. Yeah. Settle down, Kara. We don't need to hear about your business, but. But you're still serving. And I think that this is one of the things that I, I, the mindset of around social media in general that I think that we need to get away from is a lot of people think social media is this instant or should be this instant Mm -hmm. gratification thing. And I know I Mm -hmm. fell victim to this where it's oh, kind of yeah. like that going back to the whole idea of when I created my Facebook page, I was like, if I post it, they will come. Mm-hmm. And we have to remember that like, yeah, you can post this thing, but that doesn't mean like you posted your mini sessions, you posted your Black Friday sale, you posted whatever. That doesn't mean people are going to come flooding in because of that one post. It's a long game. You have to be prepared to play the long game because if you're mm-hmm. going into it going, well, but I posted about it this one time and nobody booked well, then that's part of the problem is you're not playing the long game. You're hoping for instant gratification. And that's, yeah. it's just not how social media works these days. I mean, unless you are offering something for free, like a cool lead magnet or something, most of the time people need to have some kind of touch point with your business multiple, multiple times before they're yeah. ready to like invest. And that's why being consistent on social media, and that doesn't mean every single day, it just means like, you're showing up on a regular basis is going to help get those touch points in there for people to connect with you. That's good because I have two questions from that. So we're going (laughs) to go from there, but like the first one is our give, like what, what would you say to the person who's like wanting to do a giveaway to like, Mm -hmm. let's say bring in followers or things like that. Like they're, and this is a lot, I see this a lot on Instagram and it's usually with the youngers. We were all victim to it years ago we all learned, but there are those newer photographers now who are still doing like, I'm almost to a thousand followers. Should I do a giveaway? And then they do a giveaway. So what would you say, (laughs) what would you say to them about those giveaways? Oh boy. Okay. So I don't think giveaways are necessarily a bad idea if they are structured Mm -hmm. in a really productive way. Again, I think people think I'm going to do a giveaway they offer to give away a session, which is not always the thing I would say. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's that's a whole other conversation we could have about like, I, I just feel like if you're going to do a giveaway, do like an Amazon gift card. Do like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just feel like giving away your services, it devalues a little bit. It also, I feel like kind of, you're going to get people who like sign up for the giveaway. And then when they don't win because they were just in it for the free one, then, you know, they're going to back away. They're going to, yeah, they're gone. And so I would say do a giveaway, give away something like maybe even like partner with some people in your community and do like a fun, you know, gift basket giveaway. Um, I think doing a giveaway to gain followers is okay. I think that can be part of your like entry of like, Hey, you have to be following me and then anybody else that's associated with the giveaway. But honestly, I 
prefer to do giveaways where they actually end up on my email list. Mm-hmm. Because if I can get them off social media yep. and onto my email list where I can have better contact with them, I'm more likely to turn those into sales. So I would say if you're going to do a giveaway, do it, but don't have the intention of I'm going to do a giveaway and I'm going to have all these people book with me afterwards because they're so excited to work with me. It's not going to happen. If you do a giveaway, have the idea of this is just kind of for awareness building and Mm -hmm. relationship building and then direct them to an email list. Like don't have the only way that they enter the giveaway be liking or following. Have it be you have to go to this link. And fill out this form and be part of like my email list kind of thing. I think those are the most productive ones and yep. the ones that get the most ROI out of your time and effort. Well, and that's so good because like, honestly, about a year and a half, two years ago, it'll be two years when our, this episode airs. Um, I got hacked and lost everything. Oh. So I didn't have my Facebook account anymore. I didn't have my Instagram account anymore. And so I oh, lost man. everybody, but I had my email list and I was building it for so long. And one of the biggest giveaways I did was um, I'm doing a giveaway for free coffee. Who wants free coffee? Oh, All yeah. you have to do is sign up for this link. I'll announce in your email, like if you won or whatnot. And honestly, what I did is I had everyone join and then I did like a live Starbucks link, like a gift card and then like link to the Starbucks. And I'm like, head to Starbucks and see if there's any left on there. (laughs) And then I would like add if I wanted to. But I was like building that list was huge because I feel like social media can be used in, in, correct me if I'm wrong, can be used in a way to like pivot to your website, to your email, to converting. And I feel like- social media is the starting point. It's just like the way you're finding your crowd and then you're bringing your, like making an invitation, I guess would be the way I'm saying like make an invitation and come check me out. Then you want to like handhold and like serve, 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 and then ask basically like for something in return in the end. Like, do you want this? Do you want that? Um, And I feel like that's where I get most of, my my business oh, yeah. from that email lists are are incredible I mean, it's been one of the biggest marketing strategies for my business and I always mm-hmm. say like along that same idea of like social media to me social media is like a cocktail party like everybody mm-hmm. comes dressed in their best outfits their hair their makeup's oh, yeah. done but they're not there to have deep meaningful conversations they're there to like talk to as many people as possible to see and be seen like to yep. network and mingle And so if you treat social media, yeah, if you treat social media as if it's a place to go and have these really powerful connections, you're going to end up disappointed. But -hmm. if you go to it like, hey, I'm going to go and meet as many people as I can, and then I'm going to invite them to come to like a one-on-one like coffee date. Like, let's go meet at a coffee shop and have a conversation. That's what your website and your blog and your email list all are. It's, It's taking them out of this chaotic social situation, having them in like a more focused one-on-one time with you and your business. And that's where the connections are built. That's where the relationship, the trust is built. And that's where they ultimately get turned into pay like to clients. That's so good. Yeah, that's so true. So what would you say then to someone who's like, I just need a break from social media? (laughs) Like, I know I need it to run my business and to like put stuff out there, but I need to take a break from my own mental, like, I don't know, relief. Yeah. So what would you say to that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've all done it and I, I'm like, take the break. I mean, okay. So 
the the right like I would say the politically correct answer here or like the coach answer here is take a break, but maybe like schedule some content while you're on your break. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that way, like you have something going out every once in a while. So you're still kind of front top of mind. It That's like the, the kind of canned response. I would say like, that's the way to do it. But yeah. in reality, sometimes we just hit burnout and mm-hmm. I would much rather have somebody disappear for two weeks for their own sanity and come back refreshed and excited and ready to go than to have somebody who's just showing up giving like 10%. And honestly, like sometimes people can tell, like when you're not really showing up to your full, you know, potential or your full energy, people can tell, even if it doesn't seem like it's just content, but still it can, it shows up a little bit. So I say, just take a break. I mean, it's not, it's not life and death. It is not the end of the world. (laughs) Um, You know, if you're, if you're gone, like, you know, over, over the holidays, if you decide I want to take the two weeks off that my kids are out of school and just focus on family and not deal with social media, do it. Like, I Mm -hmm. think that's great. I think that's modeling really good, you know, balance for your kids and for yourself. And this is going to sound really harsh, but honestly, like most people aren't even going to notice that you're gone. Like, I know Mm -hmm. that sounds terrible, but the reality is like, I see people who are like, okay, guys, taking a break, won't see me for two weeks. I'm like, okay. I they're like priming them. Like they're going to, they're going to care that I'm gone. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> like yeah, no one cares. You know? <laughs> I love the phrase where it's like, this isn't an airport. You don't have to announce your departure. Like you just, Oh my gosh. Know? I love it. <laughs> and so I, that's what I keep. I'm like, you know what? Like if I decide to take a week off because something else like come, is more important, like, you know, my kids are have a lot going on or we go on vacation for a mm. week and I just don't want to have to deal with it. I don't want to be on my phone 24 seven. Then yeah, I just take a little break. And when I come back, I don't announce that I was gone. I don't make a big deal of it. I just get right back into the swing of things. And I think that like, we all think this is kind of like the sort of self-centeredness of, of humans, but we all think that people are watching every little move we make. Oh yeah. And the reality is like, no, like we're all, we're all so focused on ourselves that we don't notice when somebody's mm-hmm. gone. And maybe sometimes there's been someone who's popped back up. I'm like, oh yeah, I haven't seen her stuff in a while. I've missed seeing it. I don't think anything bad about it. I'm like, oh, good for yeah. her for like taking care of herself. Like that's great. So for we sure. just need to be more gentle with ourselves and give ourselves a little more grace and know that, yeah, it's like social media should not be your only marketing strategy anyway. And if mm-hmm. you have other things working in your business that are going to keep kind of the, the wheels spinning, then take the break that's needed. I think that's absolutely 100% totally fine. I think it's funny because when you talk about like people aren't paying that much attention, I think, <clears throat> and I've fallen victim to this too, because I'm always like, I want to over communicate. Yeah. But when people post, especially in like the busiest of seasons, like their cue, like, this is all that I'm having to edit. It's almost like they want people to realize how busy they are. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> what do you have to say to that? Like when they're like, oh. this is the order in which it's going to go out. And here's the cue. I cringe. Like, <laughs> I cringe cool. so much. I had somebody I'm friends with post this the other day. And I think she just did it on her stories, but she had yeah, like eight or nine, usually. like family names. And I was just like, oh gosh, don't know. And I did, I text her and I was like, Hey, I'm not trying to be rude. But if I'm family number eight on your list, like that kind of made me feel like crap. Like, honestly, like, I don't want to know. I mean, I know that 
you're doing in the order that you shot these things. But like, to me now, I just feel like I'm a name on a list. Like, Mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't, that's not, and she was, so she took it down. She's like, I didn't even think about that. I was just trying to give people like an accurate timeline. I'm like, that's, that's fine. But then you can send that in an email, you know, like you can mm-hmm. send each person an email and just be like, Hey, just want to let you know, like I've have a couple sessions ahead of you that, you know, I'm working on, but I'm going to get to yours as quickly as I can, like give them kind of a time frame. I don't, you don't need to post that on <laughs> social media. I just, yeah. And I also think like there's something we all of a sudden have this urge to like be busy all the time. And we feel mm-hmm. like that's a sign of success or that's a sign of whatever. Oh, yeah. And I just, I don't, I, I want to get away from that. I want to get away from the idea that mm-hmm. like being busy means, because to me, success means that I don't have to be busy all the time. Like to me, yeah. if I've reached real true success, then I can outsource my editing. Or I, you yep. know, can only take on a handful of sessions because they're higher paying or whatever. So the idea that we are sort of glorifying this, like, I'm so busy, I have so many things on my plate, to me, that's just not the direction we need to be going as a definition of success. No, I totally agree. I feel like we have to, like, take a step back and define, like, what does that mean as yeah. far as what is successful to you and if, like is successful to you the amount of followers you have or is successful to you the amount of money you're bringing in or is it that you get to take a break in the middle of your day because you're full-time and at home and you get to go run this errand or you get to just I don't know watch tv for like a half hour or something in the middle of the day just to like de-stress or take a walk you know I think those all those all mean different things but it's all you know yeah what we defined as successful for ourselves but this was so good. Um, before we end today, um, you mentioned that you have what is called the Focus Photographer Lab. I wanted to give you a chance to talk about that um, and let listeners know what that is. Yeah, thank you. So the Focus Photographer Lab. <coughs> oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Hold on. <laughs> I just felt it coming on as I started talking. Okay. Um, yeah, so the Focus Photographer Lab is a monthly membership It's that I just recently created. It was created out of this idea that there's always been kind of these two paths for learning. There's been like one-off kind of self-paced courses and programs, or there's always been like the idea of like a one-on-one hiring a coach. And they both have their pros and cons. Either you get the self-paced course where you don't have someone helping you along the way, but it's a lower ticket item, or you pay a, you know, a hefty amount of money for this one-on-one coaching. And I was always like, there's got to be something in the middle. And so mm-hmm. I created the membership with the idea that I wanted it to have what I call the three C's. So we have um, classes. So we have pre-recorded content, content that's been live and we recorded and saved it, um, trainings, templates, documents that you actually get access to a couple of the courses that I've created in there. And then we have um, coaching. And so you get live classes each month. Plus I do what I call weekly office hours where I open up my calendar for 30 minute one-on-one coaching sessions. And Mm. it's kind of first come first serve. Um, and so that way you can get in there and you can have like, okay, I'm doing this thing. Help me kind of figure out the best path for this. And then maybe the next month we talk about something else or, so I have that. And then the third piece is community. And I wanted to find a place like we've been talking about social media. Um, and I love Facebook groups, but I feel like I like the idea of having a community space for photographers that was outside of a social media platform. So it's within Mm. my own, like, um, you know, membership platform. And it's a place where we can ask questions, we can share successes and struggles and all the things and just kind of network with each other. And so 
Um, I've created this place. It's $47 a month. And so it's, you know, affordable. It's month to month. There's no commitment. You can kind of hop in and out whenever you need to. Um, but it's been a really incredible space for, I've seen a lot of the members I've had sign on, like really find success, especially with like the one-on-one coaching calls and things like that. So it's kind of something different that is outside of the norm, but, um, it's really fun. And for anyone listening, if you want to check it out, I do have a 14 day free trial. So if you just go to the link, um, that I'm sure you'll share in the show notes, it's just girlmeansbusiness.com slash lab. You can try it for 14 days. You can hop on one of those, co- you know, those office hour sessions in that 14 days and check it out, you know, binge watch a lot of the classes, hop in the community and see if it's for you. And then if it is, you can keep on. If not, then, you know, I'm happy to help you find something else that might be a better fit for you. Love that. Love that. Thank you. Yeah, that's so good. Um, so let listeners know where can they find you maybe to listen to your podcast or find you on your favorite platforms on social media. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram at girl means business. Um, you can see all the podcast stuff there. Um, that'll also, if you, you know, want to hop over to the other Instagram, which is the focus photographer lab, that's, you can find that on the girl means business page as well. And then Facebook as well, just girl means business. Um, and if you go to girlmeansbusiness.com, you can kind of find all of those links as well as far as the podcast, um, blog posts, that links to all my socials. And then you can also um, reach out to me through my contact page there if you ever want to work together. Awesome. You can also find the Cameras and Coffee podcast at karahanesphotography.com forward slash podcast or at Cameras and Coffee podcast on Instagram and TikTok. Um Thank you, Kendra, for being on the podcast. This was so great. So much to talk about. So much to learn. This was so fun. Yeah. (laughs) Um, This concludes our episode. But until next time, my friends, cheers. Cheers.